Hello and welcome to the Genexus of Nerd, the brand new iteration of the Amber Spycast, which many of you listen to us on. And now we're transitioning into some exciting new territory where we're going to do a movie of the week, a feature presentation, a HBO movie of the week, whatever it's going to be. And today you have an extra special treat because we're going to do two flicks that are kind of related, but we want to give a Generation X, the forgotten generation, if you will. I just watched Heather's the other day, by the way, which is another Gen (laughs) Gen X movie. Um, Generation X, which is is a very unique perspective. We still have debt. So, you know, it's not like we, you know, we're still in that. We're not boomers. Uh, but exactly. we, we had a great stretch of flicks when we were in our formative, formative years. And this is our chance to get a Generation X perspective on some exciting sci-fi content. Maybe not all sci-fi, but certainly today. And I think you guys are going to be super excited and you already know, but it's the same three people. I'm Alaric. I'm here. You heard me talking too much already. Joanna, what's up? Hey, everybody. Listening <laughs> and Alaric and Travis, so good to be back. Um, back in the saddle, back in the Starfleet seat. Back in back. the failed jump to the future. Yes. So happy, so happy to be here. And I'm really excited about this, the idea for this podcast, because one of the things that, you know, I, I sort of pride myself on is having retained the, just the real, just the, the real, like, leave me alone, get out of my face, Gen X, like, uh, and, and, and I just want to bring that in like the most loving way possible to everything that we look at, being able to like it, but also just being like, come on like not pulling any punches and just kind of calling it for what it is. And I'm just excited to be able to compare things from what we saw when we were younger and look at how it, how it stacks up to what some of these kids today are getting, are getting spoon fed. We're going to bring some of our like, saltiness. Just shake right? her fist. She at did. The, at the kids <laughs> on her lawn. Is that what, what just happened in that last post? They all just left. <laughs> they, they took off running. <laughs> Get Run, off my lawn. There's Travis's voice. Here. Travis, tell me about your brand of saltiness. Um, I don't have a, a great deal of saltiness. I have a lot of nerd glee, but uh, <laughs> a lot of it, um, it, it's, but my, my nerd glee is tempered with a fair amount of uh, when I was a kid. And um, I think that <laughs> there might be a, a great deal of that. Um Especially on this week's show, because uh, Alaric, you said something that that kind of kind of got me. Because um, these two movies are not only related, but their their stars are related as well. That is correct. Sneaky related. Yeah. So let's let's not let's not bury the lead here. Let's talk about what we're talking about here. So this week's movies are are the classic Terminator Two. Gong, Judgment Day. Uh, and the new Amazon original, The Tomorrow War, starring Chris original Pratt. Original in air quotes. In air quotes. Yeah, well, yeah, they just bought it from some other place, you know, during the, the pandemic fire sale, if you will. Right. <laughs> and uh, Chris Pratt is married to Catherine Schwarzenegger, is her name, correct? Mm-hmm. And she is Arnie's uh, 
daughter. daughter. So there you go. They are connected. The one degree of separation. Credits. Yeah, I really need to watch the credits. Are you impressed that Travis dropped that and I was able to spit out that amount of information? (laughs) I'm impressing myself because I feel like I could have been like, I don't know what he's talking about. But sadly, I must have watched enough Today Show to know, you know, enough. I used to know Latin, Alaric. Now I know this stuff. (laughs) See, you had to make space in your head. And, and, you know, certain things just gots to go. (laughs) You got to make room in there. Catherine Schwarzenegger, got to get in. Latin, out. (laughs) Who needs to conjugate a verb? Please. So um, do we want to start? This is our first recording of this format. Do we want to start with the classic and end with the newbie? Or do we want to start with the newbie and end with the classic? Um, I'm good with the classic. What about you, Joanna? Yeah, that's I'm I'm good with that too. I'm good. I feel like I I feel like we're like a good meal, right? Like I'm going to be salty, and Travis, you're going to be sweet, and then Alaric, I don't know. You're like umami. And I think that's what we bring. <laughs> I think that's what we're going to bring to these discussions each week, and I'm so super excited. Yeah, let's go with the classic. Is Alaric our MSG? <laughs> I come in a shaker. I come in a shaker. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, so Terminator 2 Judgment Day released in 1991, I believe, and it is it, it came out um, at a time when I was not old enough to see it in the theater. I believe. Are we all in the same boat here? It was rated R. Age. And uh, I, I saw it in think the theater, though. I was 16. Yeah, yeah. I definitely was like a year a year below. Does that sound right to everybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not that I had to sneak into it. I went to see it, I think five times in the theater. So sometimes I went to the dollar theater to see it, but I certainly mm-hmm. saw it in a first run theater. This flick, I'm a big Cameron aficionado. I know he is a world renowned egomaniacal director. Um, but the guy makes some pretty decent pictures and this was certainly one of them. Um, and, and how d- does it hold up? That's let's start there. If you're sitting down and let's say you had a kid next to you who'd never seen it, does it hold up for you who has seen it and it came out at a formative time in your life? And does it resonate to a current person of that age? Joanna. So, so I like this question. I like this question because T2 is one of my, I, this is one of my favorite movies. Like this is one of my guilty pleasure. I love this movie. And I, I probably have seen this movie like 10, 15 times easily. Um, so, you know, when I sat down and was watching it, it's, I always have to be careful that uh, nostalgia doesn't, doesn't blind me to, you know, like what's going on in this film. But I think, you know, from the beginning, the tone that the movie sets and and then the the you know the way that the that the plot moves forward and the action starts happening when once it starts it really kind of doesn't stop um i think the special effects absolutely you know they're they're a little they're a little there are times when you're just kind of like oh it's a little cheesy but most of the effects were really still pretty good you know and i remember seeing it probably not in 91 um but i remember when i did see it it was mind blowing at the time. Like that liquid metal was like, 
we have never, we never saw that before. Like, I don't remember ever seeing anything like that in the movie like that before. And they, and it was so realistic looking. And even, even now, you know, looking at it, they had so many scenes where it was like, like that looks real. Like it looked real. I think it holds up. I think it totally holds up. And I think that, that a kid in Gen, Gen Z would be able to enjoy it. Um, Enough action, enough cheese factor. Naked Arnie's, it's got it all. Did you say naked Arnie's? Yeah, naked Arnie's. Hmm. Uh, let's shelve that because we should bring up naked Arnie's later. So everybody, just tuck that in the back of your head. Travis, where are you sitting on this one? Uh, um, I'm sitting squarely with uh, Joanna on this one. This was uh, this one of my favorite movies. I, I definitely saw this in the theater. I remember uh, coming back from vacation and. Uh, the day we got back, I got my parents to let me go with uh, one of my pals to the to the theater, um, a theater that's now a, a Pep Boys, I think, and um, because I'm old, and um, going to see it, and then going to see it several more times. It's one of my favorite movies. I've you know, I've I've, I've owned it in probably every media that uh, I've ever watched movies in from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic film. Um, You know, Schwarzenegger, I think is like at his absolute best. Uh, Eddie Furlong is at his only best, Um, (laughs) you know, nice. um, Patrick, uh, what's his name? Robert Patrick is, uh, he, he kills, in this, like literally, you know, pour one out for the foster parents. But he's fantastic in this movie. Um, you know, and, and then, of course, Linda Hamilton is just amazing as Sarah Connor. Because, you know, she's got that arc from the first movie where she's a victim. You know, until the end when she 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 really, you know, takes her own agency and takes takes over for, uh, for Reese. But uh, in that second movie, man, I mean, she is in charge and those guns and I'm not talking about the, the ones that shoot bullets. I'm talking about the ones on the on her shoulders. Exactly. She's um, she's 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 legit. She's no joke. Um, it's a fantastic movie. Start to finish. Yeah, the the history of the Terminator franchise, and, and let's stop with one and two. I don't want to go beyond that, but it is kind of interesting. And and you, you mentioned Robert Patrick. And I think what's interesting about the first film is the Terminator was originally cast. Lance Henriksen was going to be the Terminator, who is like mm-hmm. a thinner, older. I wouldn't call like Robert Patrick is like live and fast. I wouldn't necessarily think of uh, Lance Henderson that way. But when they moved it to Arnold Schwarzenegger, you get sort of this. He's like a brute and he's strong and he's unstoppable in in one kind of way. And the Terminator plays very well with that mythology, like building. Okay, this beast, this unstoppable force is coming and he's never going to stop and all that. Translating it to Robert Patrick who is essentially carrying out the same mission, but he does it in a completely different way. He's not, he's unstoppable, but that's the only thing that's the same. Everything else is different. He's fast. He's quick. He seems to be um, 
like the, the way that he is chasing them, it's like the difference between a slow zombie and a fast zombie. Yeah. The slow zombie is like, okay, they're shambling around. Not to say that Schwarzenegger shambled around, but like you can sort of put together a plan of, of defense against something that's moving at a certain pace. Robert Patrick is moving so fast and he moves in and out of situations so quickly because he can make himself look like anyone. It totally changes the game for a Terminator and he plays it so great. The, you know, the bits where he, you know, he, he like shakes his finger and he like tilts his cocks his head at times. It's a really subtle performance. Um, but mm-hmm. I, he's he's a real standout for me. And you, and you said Hamilton, she's killer in this. Um, it's a little it's a little stilted at the beginning, to be honest. In the um, in the psych psych ward, uh, those are very cardboard characters. You know, uh, her interviews and like the the abusive guard and like that stuff plays a little bit. Um, when I watched it originally, I think it played better than it played now where I'm kind of like, okay, come on, let's get to the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ham- Hamilton is, is fantastic. And her relationship with her son, I think, um, considering they have a, a very brief moment to sort of reestablish that connection where he cares about her, but he also resents her that all that stuff really pops as soon as they get together. And that's when the movie like totally lifts off. Well, what's so cool about that relationship to me is that, there is no precedent. I mean, it's not like it, there was a prequel where they had a loving relationship. He didn't exist in the first one. So they had to not establish their already hostile relationship and then have that, you know, start off hostile, give it, give it like a semblance of a backstory, like a phantom backstory. And then, you know, get, get to the point where, where, the two of them get along and they respect each other really well. A lot of character work for an action movie. Yeah. And believe and, and totally believable. Like I know it was, you know, Edward Furlong, it's his one and only, you know, well, other than Pet Cemetery. <laughs> yeah. He was in a couple other things. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's like, it's his, it's his, whenever I think of Edward Furlong, this is what I, this is what I think of. And, yeah. and, you know, I, I feel like I like how they, even with that, like the way they set that backstory up, the way he's telling the Terminator about his childhood and how that was, you know, like kind of like what happened. I, I really, you know, I think you're right, Travis. Like it wasn't an ex, I mean, it was kind of like an exposition dump, but at the same time, it didn't feel, I didn't feel like heavy or burdened by it or just like, like I was saying through it, like it was this, it was storytelling. He was, he was just talking in this way with, with the Terminator. And so it came across so naturally, like I accepted it immediately. And there was no need for me to feel like question, like, what do you mean they were in Nicaragua? And like, you know, it was just this right. whole, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you there. Um, and I think the resentment piece is really interesting too. Just like looking at how um, Linda Hamilton how how her character kind of changes a little bit going from like how she in, at some point needs care and he's able to care for her. Like there's a mm-hmm. cool transition there too, that worked again. It worked even though we didn't have a lot of time with them. Yeah. Well, you know, what sells that for me, like their, their whole backstory and it's, it's so simple. It's when he has an accent, when he says Nicaragua, like he like really quickly, like uses like a, a, a Spanish accent 
And you're like, he was there. Like he grew up there and it like the whole thing, it just works. He would, they were on the road. They, he picked up stuff while they were on the road and this is the result of it. It's just, it was just, again, like, like, like Alaric said, so subtle. But what got me, what, what I wanted to bring up though was, uh, you know, back to Robert Patrick is, uh, you know, despite the fact that he can shapeshift and he does a little bit, you know, uh, he turns into the, the foster mother and things like that. But, um, the cop is his base design and his base, base, uh, you know, disguise. And I think that really hits on multiple levels that kind of still resonate because, no one expected a cop in the in a '90s action movie to be the bad guy. You know, in '90s action movies, cops are the cops are you know lethal weapon. Cops are Cobra. Cops are you know all these these big action heroes. And in this case, like they they let the cop, even though it wasn't really a cop, the cop was a villain. You know, and it was very easy to believe. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, watching it in 30 years later, I think it's so, it's, you know, based on the things that we've seen in the news and things along those lines, it's even easier to believe that the cop is going to be hunting this kid. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 I, I think watching it now, I probably feel more for the kid than I did in 91. Yeah, and he has, as a cop, he has he seems to have access to everywhere. Yeah. He can just, everybody's like, oh, he's a cop. They can go there. Oh, the cop can come in. The cop can do, you know, he, he goes into a psych ward. It's like, he didn't kill anybody to get in. He just walked in because he's a yeah. cop. He can do whatever he wants. And they have that, you know, the great shot where the car pulls up and it, to serve and protect, you know, uh-huh. like fills the screen. And, of course, that's not what he's doing. <laughs> he's yep. very, very much the opposite. Yeah, it's a great – it is a great point. You know, the he's not a dirty cop. You know, this is he, – he's his own thing. Uh-huh. But the way that it plays is like – you know, people trust him. He asks questions and they and they just like offer up answers. People tell him everything he asks. Yeah. I mean that we we don't second guess how much information we're giving the police. It's uh it's it's wild. The um I mean he goes into the back of the mall completely unhindered. Schwarzenegger had to have that great disguise, you know, with the roses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rose. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I I will always love that that scene because he's literally got guns and roses under his arm. Love it. Yes. Love and, it. and you know his friend, uh, Furlong's friend, or or uh, John Connor's friend, is confronted with by the cop as well. And of course, both he and his friend are like very distrustful of mm-hmm. the police, right? Because they're sort of petty criminals. And he walks up. Have you seen this boy? That kid. He, of course, he's acting, but does not miss a beat. He's like. No, he, like, nothing changes on his face. He gives nothing away. He walks right over and says, you need to get out of here. It's yep. like, I, th- I love that moment. Yeah. And I love that that kid is the little, uh, like, um, the cousin, the, 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 not cousin, but the other adopted kid from different strokes. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. He, he's been in a few things. Or he Has was. he? Yeah. He's uh, he's a little character actor. I wonder what happened to him. We'll, we'll look that up. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned the, the special effects, and you're absolutely right. Um, I did want to highlight not only the special effects, but also the um, the stunt work and the practical stuff that they do with vehicles in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two, for me, the big ones, or maybe I'm going to say three because I have a, a little uh, honorable mention that I would give a, uh, a special award to at the end of the show. But I'd like to start with the semi, that's oh. the chase, the semi and the chase and the motorcycle, and you know, it chopped the top of the semi gets chopped off at one point on a bridge, mm-hmm. and that whole sequence is just electrifying. Uh, so the semi is is one of them. The helicopter, uh, chasing them at the end, that flies under an overpass. A helicopter. Mm-hmm. By the way, Cameron had to dig deep to find a pilot that would actually do that. That's not a miniature. And it and it's a second of footage. It's just like, you know, it seems like it wouldn't even matter. But that's amazing. And then and then in that same scene, that little truck that only goes 45 miles an hour. Um, I love that. Look, with the big like with the, the pizza planet the truck. <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. Uh, I just love that little sad little truck that they're trying to get away with. The old man gets out of it and they're like flooring it and it, it's so slow. I love that. But. Just that all the stunt work is really fantastic. The explosions are are exciting and real and they feel you feel the heat coming off of those explosions, you know, Um, and that big explosion at the uh, at the facility, the really big one with all the C4, the Miles Dyson one, um, that one was so crazy that someone paid to use it in another movie. That explosion and footage is actually Whole cloth in another movie. What other movie do you know? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post it for you because I can't remember the name of it. But it's, it's so like awesome. a, it's like a nothing movie. It's not like a first run movie. It's some like third rate flick, straight to video. But they use that footage. That's fantastic. Yeah, totally great. worth it though. Like you said, the every every stunt in that that movie was just so exciting, so exciting. Um, you know the. You talked about the semi, the helicopter. I, you know, I just want to talk about that whole chase at the end. You know, when even when he's like Schwarzenegger standing on top of the the truck and shooting into the the T one thousand, just the whole thing was just ama- amazing. Right? Cameron has Cameron knows how to tweak your the excitement buttons in a movie. He really does. Um, you know, everything from the original Terminator, I mean, right, right up to Avatar. I mean, he knows how to get you sucked into a film and make you feel like you're in it. Um, I'm a, I, you know, he, he gets a lot of heat, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Same, same to the max. Um, and this movie doesn't let up, Joanna, you, you sort of reference it. It's like once it sort of hits a certain point early in the flick, it's just almost nonstop. Um, you get a couple breaks, you know, when they, when they're in the, the, um, kind of gas station and they're dealing with some damage that, um, Arnold has, uh, that's a little bit of, of a break. And then when they go, they get the weapons and she goes back to get Dyson. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of like character kind of work that goes on there. And, and um, uh, Joe Morton is terrific in this and oh. um, he's great in everything, but like 
there there's a lot of crazy stuff going on up to this point. And then you always have to sort of tip your hat at actors that are kind of dropped in and they bring like gravitas. They play it straight. Um, you know, he has a little family. Um, did you watch, did you happen to watch the director's cut or the, um, or the, or the theatrical? Do you get, did you guys, um, choose one over the other? Sure. I've seen both. So, yeah, the director's cut has a little more, um, family stuff for Dyson that, that works pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, but you, you care, you kind of, you don't care about him more. He, he's 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 less likable in the director's cut. So when you watch that one, you know why all those cuts were made. Like just like you said, Cameron sort of has a knack for that. And I think you need to like Dyson pretty pretty quick. Yeah. Because he really is an ally. Because quickly he turns and he's like, we gotta get we gotta get rid of this stuff. You know, he believes mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, Morgan's yeah, fantastic. See, and I think I think that this is something too that that I know we're, we'll get to compare it with the other movie in a little bit. But when I think about T two, one of the things that I love about it is they don't waste time on characters we don't need to care about. Do you uh -huh. know what I mean? Like like the foster parents, you get this brief scene. It's enough. You know that they're they're who they are just from that scene, right? And that's it. And so then it, it doesn't try to build this sort of like sentimentality of I want you to care about this person before this happens or I want you to care about, you know, the only the only person that, for me that I did that for, you know, it builds up that empathy for for Sarah Connor, it builds up that empathy for Dyson, you know, kind of builds that empathy for, for John, just knowing how he had, you know, got taken from his, you know, the upbringing he had and stuff. But I just I really love that because they don't waste that. They don't waste any of that time on inconsequential characters for like a cheap, you know what I'm saying? For like a cheap, like, oh no, like a cheap feel. So mm -hmm. he just goes for like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to feel for the main characters for these big points and we're going to go for it. And I appreciated that too, because I, I don't like getting bogged down in characters that don't pan out, like that don't have a real, real purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. so, like, yeah. He doesn't waste time. It's not, it, not that he doesn't, waste time he he's very strict about the point of view characters like we don't know more about these characters than the point of view character does like sarah connor knows nothing about the jerk psychiatrist that other than he's a jerk psychiatrist you know the the foster parents they're you know jerks and kind of scuzzy that's what we got you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, you know, John Connor's redhead buddy. He knows that his, his buddy's got his back. His buddy gets his back. That's it. He's out. You know, <laughs> that's the, that's he, he's very strict about the, whoever the, the, the camera decides who's important to this movie. And I love it. Yeah. You know, and it's very lean, you know, the, the foster parents, in some ways are inconsequential. It's like, Oh, he meets them. They give up some information to the T 1000. The T 1000 kind of goes to look for them. Then the T 1000 comes back to them and kind of camps out at his house. Right. Which we find out on a phone call, you know, it's not really, they call back and, and Arnie kind of plays the voice gag and hangs up the phone. You know, your foster parents are dead. Like, it's just, so lean like that sort of sequence in particular it's like we met them we've seen them 
Um, his foster mother, Vasquez from Aliens, by the way, um, mm-hmm. Jeanette Goldstein, who's ter- wonderful. Um, but yeah, that moment is terrific because you you actually they cut back to the house in that in that scene and it has maybe one of the more shocking moments in the film maybe one of the the scenes that i don't want you know i'm not ready to show it to my kids yet because it's kind of so graphic um but yeah it, it is it's crisp it's lean you get these beats these moments and it's not belabored you're right you could mention he could have mentioned the friend oh, i gotta get in touch with my buddy so he's not worried about me nope don't need it Agreed. Agreed. And and I know that at some point we need to move on to the other movie. I really could talk about T two for like another Same. another hour. But um, you know, I also I also think about I, I love the um the the, the sci fi like the actual like technology mm-hmm. and advancement in this movie like as far as the plot goes, you know. And I and I'd love to at some point maybe compare that to movie you know to the tomorrow war at some point but like looking at what what time looks like in the terminator like what does time travel look like in the terminator and what kind of um equipment and and things do they have that's available to them that that allows that to happen and how does it you know how does it happen um and i'll be honest like i loved it i loved it because here's why you don't see you have no idea how they get there you just see them get there and again I love that. I, I, my favorite, one of my favorite parts. I love just seeing like the, the circle that's burned in the, in the truck when yes. Arnold lands and the, and the asphalt too. There's like a little disc in the asphalt. Yes. I love that. That was so much more impacting for me than to see this thing, like gear up and go and start to like, like it was just some sparks and then it was just like, and there he was. And it was so amazing. And, and so like, I really love that too about this movie is even this idea, like they don't, they're not going to waste time explaining to you or showing you how this happened. It happened. He got here. Mm -hmm. They sent him back. And maybe some of that's explained in, in you know, in, in the original Terminator, and he wasn't going to no, take No, not steps, really. Re- yeah, Reese does. He there's a little. I think Reese does talk a little bit about a little bit. But but it's it doesn't matter. Just like you said, Joanne, yeah, it doesn't matter. I love it. So so I think that too. Like I love that about I love that about this movie is that it just it's like I don't care. You you know you're going to know what I want you to know. <laughs> I'm yep. dragging you through this movie, and 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 you love every second of it. Yep, love every second of it. Um, so I, I think we're all in unanimous agreement here that, uh, these are, this is a six enthusiastic thumbs up kind of flick holds up great. Um, even talking about it now, I'm like, maybe I should go ahead and show it to the older kid because you know, she can handle it. She watches YouTube for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what my old, my younger kid, I don't know what she has seen that it's not. I mean, this it's it's relatively tame. I mean, other than the the Cussin. silver blade through the mouth and then some lots of cursing. Cussing. Yeah. Is there a lot of cursing? I don't. I don't, I don't recall there being a lot, lot of cursing. Yeah. It's it's a it's a hard R kind of cussing situation. But you know, it's not basically like Sarah. I think herself probably drops twenty five f bombs. Oh yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. Which dessert earned? Like she's those earned, earned those. F-bombs. Yeah, yeah. Those are earned. Those are sure. yeah. I do. I do like her doing a pull-ups on the bed. Like I like how she's sort of like fashioned this little gym in her, in her. You know, in the the foley in this movie. I, we again, we could talk about this all day. The foley artist is. It, I, they should have. If they didn't win an Oscar, they should have. 
Um, there's great Foley work done when she's escaping, um, when she's escaping the, the facility, when the, the Terminator comes in and, and her son, uh-huh. they kind of get, she's running around her on foot, her bare feet. Her, her foot falls. Great work there. Yeah. Sliding like skin sliding against that shiny floor. There's a lot of that. And then when the doctor drops the um, little, uh, 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 the cap mm-hmm. from his mouth onto the ground, there's like a great, like little, there's very subtle work. And I, you know, I just want to shout out to the Foley artists cause they don't always get a lot of love. You know, it's not it's funny, and I'm sure I'm. And, and see, that's the thing. I'm sure at some point we'll we'll do, um, you know, one of uh, Michael Bay's. Oh God, really? <laughs> James Cameron is like this the smart Michael Bay. You know, he's he can he he's over the top. He's bombastic, but at the same time, he can do those little those subtle things that create the world that the movie takes place in. And you don't have the time to to ever, you know, fully enter enter the world because you keep getting blown out of it. You know, Cameron. You just don't know. He holds you. You don't in know there. what to look at in a Bay film. You don't know what to look at. There's just too much going on. Cameron, it's it's we've we I've said lean probably one too many times, but these big action set pieces, you still know like where your main characters are what they're doing and what their motivation is and where they're trying uh-huh. to get, you know, it's like, you can sort mm-hmm. of see how it's playing out when, you know, the transformer stuff, you honestly can't tell one transformer from another. It's just, it's just not, it's just, it's just metal flying around. You know, just, I don't right. know what I'm supposed to, who am I rooting for in this fight? I can't even tell Optimus prime is red and blue. You should be able to I- identify him, but you can't, you have no yeah. idea what he looks like. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of him being red and blue. <laughs> yes, to identify him. Yes, I'm going to start shaking my fist at, at a lot of at, at newer newer folks, and and even like even folks who are good, you know, like a Christopher Nolan can't do an action scene to save his life. No, I'm sorry, you're compared to Cameron, right. you know, he's he's nothing compared to Cameron. I mean, he'll he'll do like beautiful beautifully like you know psychologically rich films, but as soon as an action scene starts. Ugh. Yeah. No uh, idea what's going ugh. on. Tedious. Yeah. Tedious things are all, all over the place. The only one I think he's ever done well is that rotating hallway scene in um, Inception. Yeah, that was that was good. That's that was good. Yeah. Um, I, will, I, I have one more little bit. I have please. one more little thing. I, I swear, and then I'm done with teaching. No, no, yeah, as much as you want. But I'm all about the I'm all about the character development. And again, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna bring all this stuff up when we talk about Tomorrow War. But last thing that I love about T2 is the a it doesn't take itself too seriously it there are times when it it makes fun of itself you know and it and like in just like little ways either either kind of little nods back to the first movie or whatever you know there's some lightness in it that's like really but number two the tugging of the heartstrings again just enough where they have a conversation on how you know how many times earlier about why people cry. Mm-hmm. Then Arnold's like, "What's wrong with your eyes?" or however you know, and, and then he's like, "Nothing." But then the end, right? Like the end, he, they save all the goofy, sentimental stuff for the bet. Like they keep it in one powerful spot again, so that at the end, the end of that movie is I can't even stand it, right? Now I know why you cry. And then he's like, I, you know, and then he goes down and then there's like the lava thumbs up. Like, 
how do you how cheesy should how, that be? It's it could but be super so, cheesy. Yeah. It plays. I, I, I know, I know it should be, and yet I'm just like, no, you know, you're just like, oh my god, it's just I love it. I love that. I love that about this too. Is he, that it, it's still John never had a father, right? Kyle Reese is his father. So Kyle Reese was dead before he was born. So he has it, he had just his mom. And then his mom gets locked up, and then he has a bunch of foster parents, a revolving door possibly of them. We don't know how many he's had. Maybe he's only had one. But he's never really had a connection with a father figure. And then he he has a connection with the wow. with this this robot. And they part of it is because he's sort of programmed to do whatever he says. You know, that's sort of one of the humorous elements throughout the film is like, don't kill anybody. He goes, promise. Not to him, it's like I promise I won't kill you. He proceeds like shoot people in the knees. I remember my dad was like, "How is that better? Like I'd rather die." You know, um, it's it's that's pretty horrific. Uh, but but yeah, he really they have a connection, and he really doesn't want to lose him, and he really is a father figure, or at very least uh, like an older brother, like you know a big brother. It's it is it is good. It really really does play. You know, like this is, uh, it's very similar to the Iron Giant. Not a lot of people are going to compare the Iron Giant to Terminator 2, but I feel like I need to. Um, they they hit a lot of the same story beats, and they have a lot of the same emotional impact. And you've got that same, you know, father-son relationship between a robot and uh, a kid. Um, I think... Uh, you know, Terminator 2 and Iron Giant are uh, of the same – cut from the same cloth. Does uh, does the Iron Giant shut down or shut off and then kind of turn back on again? Yes. Does that happen? So that yes. is, is it, that's, that's the same He sacrifices himself for he the kid. Because he does Arnie super, gets turned this, off. Right. And, you know, he has to pull the thing out of his own back. Yeah. Well, in this case – you know, he, he flies into space and says, you know, uh, remembers like all the stuff the kid was telling him and then calls himself, you know, Superman and that Bendy voice and then, you know, blows up. And then at the end, you know, we start to see his pieces come back together. Um, and I'm going to cry just thinking about it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, such a it's good, the such greatest good. movie moment ever. Yeah. I love it's it so, good. so much. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful film. Um, do we have any other thoughts on T2 before we move on to the Tomorrow War? Can we stay in T2 and never <laughs> go to the Tomorrow War? Okay. So, the Tomorrow War, a Amazon um, purchase uh, with Chris starring Chris Pratt, um, released on July 2nd of this year, 2021. And um, big sci-fi epic. Uh, hot takes. Hot <sighs> takes. Hot mess. That's my hot <laughs> take. <laughs> my hot take is it is just a hot mess. And 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 honestly, from the beginning, I was just like, come on. Let me tell you something. I worked in a high school, middle school. There ain't no teacher that looks like Chris Pratt. Let me tell you. Not one. Not one. So I was just like, meh. There was my first bug. Like, nope, that is not ever happening. And there's also no, no way like 12 teachers out there right now who are listening just like, hey, wait a second. I thought I thought Chris Pratt. <laughs> also, you know, the, the – 
not to jump right into the plot, but like at this point in this classroom setting, and I know they kind of reference it a little bit, but like what are the chances that kids would show up in school after the big kind of reveal about the tomorrow war that would even show up and sit in class? I know these, these kids are miserable and they're like, what, like it doesn't matter. Well then why did you show up today? None of yeah, them seem I, to want to be there except for the, for the volcano kid. Shout out to the volcano kid. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to jump that far ahead. But okay. my god, <laughs> my god. The um, you know, we're we're when we start off and they're at that the party at their house. That's where that's where the movie started to lose me because the party made no sense. They interacted with zero people at their own party. Mm-hmm. Like, why were those people in their house? And then they just sit down. Well, they're, they're there for the World Cup, right? Yeah. And then and people, or they're not even watching was it. They, wait, were they there for the World Cup or were they there for a holiday a party? I, okay. I, this is my first note, Travis. Tuna Santa was my first note. <laughs> Tuna Santa. So Tuna Santa was the one thing that popped out at me in that party. And the rest of it was I don't have nonsense. pity for any pity or empathy for anyone who makes a tuna sandwich Santa. Me so either. I would I that. lost my emotional connection to that those people. I mean, come on. What crimes of humanity what other crimes of humanity are they committing if they're making tuna santas? Okay, so l- let's 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 jump into a plot the plot a little bit here. So in this party, it is they're watching the World Cup, and the World Cup obviously is watched by you know billions of people. So, people from the future, soldiers and whatnot, use that location to come back and make an announcement to humanity that we are fighting a losing war. Again, this plot is not terrible. Okay, fighting a losing war against the uh, alien in quotes invader. And we are mm-hmm. losing. We need soldiers to fight. And that's basically the whole premise. So we, we're in this party. We find Where this she- out. Yeah. And then we jump We jump into the classroom. Is, is that, isn't that the next scene? It's just I so like, so, prob- what is happening? Probably. I think we got the montage of, you know, the oh, world yes. reaction to the war and all that stuff. Yes. But here's my thing. You've got time travel at your disposal, right? Why are you not back here, like, training everybody to just be ready when the aliens show up so you can murder the heck out of them? Make yeah. a bunch of real – because we see that, you know, in the future that axes and shotguns are clearly the end-all and be-all of weaponry to use against these guys – train everybody in axes and shotguns this war is over in like 10 minutes their armor right you can only shoot them in the neck and the belly yeah so you had you could totally say okay we need some sort of armor piercing weapon Uh don't you think we could come up with some projectile that would just shoot right through them i mean shoot people buy that stuff at gun shows now yeah so and then and you're right, the technology, like the sharing of technology, why weren't they bringing back stuff? Here's what we have now. And you have 28 years now to work on this thing that we have 30 years from now. I mean, clearly the paradox stuff doesn't matter, except for like the fact that they're only taking older people, which I did kind of like that touch. 
and that all the people that are coming back are young because they weren't born. There's so there's a little bit of like that someone, was that was clever. Someone yeah. spent the you know they they sat on the in on the toilet for like an extra fifteen minutes <laughs> and came up with <laughs> that detail. So I appreciated that a little bit. But I I didn't like it as a Gen X killer though because they were slaughtering Gen X. Like that's basically what that movie oh, was about. Us. It was like we taking the Gen X going, and just like yeah. killing us. We were cannon fodder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like that one guy. Millennials, Gen Z, we're not sending them. It was us. Mm -hmm. The first time we ever matter in a movie, and we're there to die. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with that. That was just like that was that was one of the deal breakers for me. So early on, like just so early on, was you're just sending these people with zero train. Like it was, it made zero sense. Like it made zero sense, and and. And part of that, you know, for me was also this idea, their idea of time, which when they explain it is like time is like a river and there's two rafts and we can only go from, you know, this raft to this raft. But the river keeps moving. Mm-hmm. And so then, so you can't go backwards. It, it's moving forward where- in time in both locations. Yes. So yes. they're not able to go back again to like the World Cup, for example, because that's already happened. And so they're in this like... But it do- that doesn't answer the question why they aren't like pulling people forward that are grizzled veterans and stuff. They're, they're just literally grabbing like random people to go. And, you know, obviously the, the jump that our hero takes is a failed jump and they like, you know, land in a swimming pool on the roof. Some of them. Some of them. Ones. Yeah, the lucky yeah. ones. But, uh, you know, why didn't we make armor i mean those guys are just shooting like spikes off their hands that don't even go deep you, you know they're like, sending them back with nothing t-shirts why are they sending them sending them back with kevlar at least Anything. i mean you can get that at walmart yeah it, it, like it, they could have raided a couple of walmarts and been better off than they were when they were sending those people back and you get drafted and then when they got they, Sorry. I mean, the, 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 they're still driving Humvees. They're still using like crappy helicopters. It's just, oh, 30 so years many on, they don't have cool stuff. So many helicopters. I'm like, we haven't come up with anything better than yeah. a helicopter. 30 years. It's like, I'm expecting America with guns. Like we're going to have like as much as, as America, as much as I wish, you know, we didn't. America does some cool shit with guns. And oh, you know, in this case, it would have been useful. It would have been useful if we had some of that real-life um, gun ingenuity. Jesse Ventura, in 1987, had a Gatling gun that he carried around in Predator. Yes. I'm sure a Gatling gun would probably mow some of these uh, white spikes down pretty easy. Yeah. Um, they were yeah. ridiculously invincible until they weren't, you know, that was my other problem. <laughs> yep. Like they were ridiculously, you couldn't kill them until you just could like very yeah. easily, you know, so yeah. weird. So let me just, so the draft, you get drafted again, totally random about who gets drafted. And Chris Pratt has a military history. So at least his sort of made sense. But, um, you have 24 hours to get your shit in order. You're drafted. You're going tomorrow, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that seems like not much time. He's he better like go say goodbye to his family. Like he really is. he dawdles and chit chats <laughs> for so does. much. I'm like, this guy is is going to his death tomorrow. Tomorrow, and he is just sauntering through his day, chit chatting with his estranged father. And and honestly, his dad could take the thing off. And because they have some disagreement, he's forget it. I'm going it. I'm going to go die. Right. Uh, what? It makes just no stammer. sense. It doesn't make any sense. Although, let me just say, like, dang, J. Jonah Jameson, like, what oh, he the got, heck? He was all, of, like... He was, he was shredded. Yeah. He was good. But, but Joanna, I gotta tell you, he reminded me of, a, like, a shredded version of your Travis. <laughs> With like, the beard. I wa- Exactly. Like I'm watching every time I saw him, I'm like, oh my god, it's Travis. I said to, I looked at Candace and I'm like, that's Travis. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Let's talk about. Oh, so let's talk for a second about the the white spikes. Okay, let's take a little break to talk about this. Um, this made me respect a film like Edge of Tomorrow much, much more mm-hmm. because Edge of Tomorrow also has a crazy looking alien that moves fast and is tentacly and is and and just bah, you know a lot of that stuff but in that film there's like this central creature that they're just drones right and this one tries to again this is a blender of a movie they're totally stealing from edge of tomorrow and mm-hmm. aliens and the thing and i mean every you name it the ter- terminator terminator mm-hmm. 2 Every, they're just ripping everything off, and it, it's just – it makes me respect that where it's like, okay, it still is this sort of unbeatable, beastly, um, like unearthly, bizarre creature that almost makes no sense of like how did they get here kind of question mark, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and But these the, – the des- I didn't like the design. I didn't like the spikes that they shot, which apparently they can just secrete. Uh, instantly Endless. over and over again. Yep. I didn't get that. Um, there were a gazillion of them. Um, they were like at times they were making like processing um, decisions. They were making decisions about where they were going to go and following. It wasn't just sniffing blood. They were like mm-hmm. chasing them. And then, and then they were just mindless lunatic. And then, and then introducing the, the sort of female or the mother sort of queen character and what, what she was like, which also was just an insane animal that was, was ravenous and screaming and, and, and growling. I did until she was like a super skilled hunter. Until, yes. And it's just like, what are these creatures? And then the, the answer that we get at the end also, by the way, makes no sense because if they're so like out of control the way they are, and they just like mow down everybody on earth, how on earth are you supposed to, <laughs> get control. They eat everything on Earth, including not just humans, but they you see them like eating deer and stuff at one yeah. point. Um how do you put that genie back in the bottle? Well, my thought was that the aliens must have had their own uh toxin. They must have, but then I mean, think they about how many had... were were like ravaging the earth. And yeah. that was just one ship, you know. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it, heck, they they probably also ripped off Prometheus, uh, saying, you know, the it's what they were they were going to do with the uh, with the xenomorphs in in um, Prometheus was yeah. drop them off and use them as bioweapons. Yep. Same thing. Same, I expected that was the same thing here, because we even had a uh, space jockey. We even got to see the space jockey hanging upside down. That's right. You know, I mean, this movie was a ripoff of everything. Of everything, and not even like a ripoff with like a cool twist on the genre. It was just take piece A, put it into slot B, you know. And and unfortunately, slot B is a circle and piece A is a square. So let's just jam them together. I mean, it was not a a, a pretty film. No, and it took itself so seriously. Yeah, like you've got Chris Pratt. Have fun. I know, and they really, and and so then when he was trying, it was it was just weird, you know. I was yeah. just like, this doesn't work. It doesn't work. And and for whatever reasons, you know, whatever with Chris Pratt in his private life, I do enjoy him on screen when he's, you know, when he was Star Lord, and I, I really did. He's charismatic and as heck. Like, yeah, he's yeah he's yeah, charismatic. And, yeah. And so like, I, and there was like, you couldn't, you just, you really couldn't get it. You really couldn't get it. And it was it was a bummer. Yeah. The only person I like I thought brought something good to the movie. Uh, she played Muri, the daughter. Oh yeah. Am I gone? You're uh, back. You're back. You okay. were back. Yvonne. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was, um, not, you know, she's, <laughs> what's funny is she, between that and Handmaid's Tale and replay Mass Effect, she spends a great deal of time on my television <laughs> and not on purpose. She just always, I'm done. I'm not saying anything. You're back. When did I stop? Um, talking about Yvonne being in Mass Effect, and then pretty much after that, we, we oh, then I stopped. Okay, all right, we got most of it then. Okay, you were breaking up while you were saying it, but we got most of it. We got okay. Most of it. Yeah, no, I, she did. She was she delivered to me. I mean, considering yeah. that she said, "I'm not going to tell you. The less you know, the better." And then on the beach, she tells him everything. Everything. Leaves not a shred of a detail. This is how not you die. This is what happened. This is what happens when you get back. Well, he's like everything. And, and the fact that he was killed in a car accident was kind of a cheat. You know, I was like, oh, you know, the other dude, I thought that dude that was going to die of cancer in six months or whatever. I like that dude. Like, give me a movie just about him because yeah. he was legit. I didn't, you know, the, the his other friend who was the um, uh, the teacher. Uh, the other the other friend who had who was the teacher who like hid you know and like for the yeah. rest of his tour he hid oh Charlie Charlie yeah he he uh, was like the VP of research for some company oh that's right that's right yes he was the VP of research I'm 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 mixing that up because they do when they come back to him and he shows them a bunch of stuff I was thinking oh he's in a lab of course he is. Uh, but the other guy that sort of was hard edged and he'd done three tours and like, mm-hmm. I liked, I liked him. I liked his character. Um, and I liked that he sort of jumps on board and decides to help. Uh, but yeah, Yvonne does bring it. And she, there's some emotional resonance with what she says, even though I don't really understand why she said it or why she chose to say it. Um, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bring the salt. I'm going to bring the salt. 
right now because I, Yuri's character, I just, I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't, again, parents got divorced. Okay. You're seriously holding on to that. Like, in the middle of this. Like, really? Yeah. I, 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 it's just really hard for me to sit there and think she is like literally like compromising the integrity of things because she can't separate herself from the fact that her dad, like, doesn't he didn't even do it yet, is going to, you know. It, it just was so weird to me. I, it, it was it was such a. Such a false, like overdone ploy to gain the sympathy for their relationship because there wasn't even enough built up with the little one for you to care, really. You know, I cared more, again, yeah. compared to T2, so much more um, given to understand this, this estrangement between John and his mom, and he loves her, but like he was taken, he didn't leave her, and, you know, all the kind of craziness and, and having to process no, she was, she, everybody says your mom's crazy. No, nope, sorry, she's right. You know, like there's a whole lot there uh-huh. and it's done so well. And this was just like, you're seriously, cause he left. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just like, had a hard to time. To be honest, I, I thought time. he, uh, I thought he, we were going to find out that he killed himself. Like as yeah, upset so as she was, I was I really too. waiting for he yeah. killed. Cause when she said you left yeah. us. I was like, all right, yes. cool. Like he killed himself. Like this is like he took himself out of the game seven years from now. Yes. You know, he's so upset about his life, he kills himself. Yeah. Which again would have harbored at least a little bit more like or garnered a little bit more of like, oof. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That I I'd hold on to that for a long time. Your life because it was so terrible. Your life wasn't what you ever wanted it. Like it was never what you wanted. You know. I bet that the, I bet that was in the first draft of the thing and they thought it was too harsh. Well, you know, and he's so quippy at the party and silly and kind of like very, very early on. And then he gets the news that he didn't get the job and he goes like psycho. Yeah. And it's kind of like, whoa, that was, you know, my wife was still awake at that point. She's like, well, this guy's a psycho, you know, and yeah, he like goes instantly goes nuts for a job. Yeah. You know, it's like, is his life really that bad? And that's what I'm saying. Like he, he was, it was telegraphing. That he was suicidal, and then he's not. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, because, <sighs> yeah. I, I just I don't, even, I don't even want to beleaguer the point. No, <laughs> the, you know, so yeah. he gets the toxin. You 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 mentioned the time travel stuff. Okay, they do this like time wibbly wobbly timey wimey this discussion about <laughs> how this thing works about the rafts. And then the, the the actual thing that does it, they have this one that's held together with like duct tape and 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 banana plugs well, or whatever. Banana Bubble, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then you know it's it's not important really to the plot, but they get this. He gets this toxin. He goes back, and then you know I, at this point I like pause the movie. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's still freaking twenty more minutes of this movie. <laughs> and then they have to figure out all this other crap about. Uh, he, he looks at the, the little tooth around his neck or the spike around his neck and they see ash on it and they go to the kid. I mean, it was the most bananas paint by numbers. How can we wrap this up? Ooh, this kid likes volcanoes. He's going to say ash. They go to the kid. They go to the, his dad who they mentioned, I fix planes. I mean, it was like every, they're like, okay, put a little nugget of information and just 
bolt exploded through this whole movie. And at the end, we're just going to reference every single one of those <laughs> until we get get there. And this ship was right out of the thing, like completely ripped off from the thing, everything. But and then they go out there and they 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 generate a controlled explosion that would probably have taken weeks to figure out. It's yeah. like the one that goes and like it sinks the whole thing. It's like, yeah. how did they do that in an afternoon? That was bananas. The final fight was bananas. The, when he shoots, I did like when um, he, he administered the toxin into its arm and then she chewed off her arm. I really <laughs> that liked that. That was, was kind like, of awesome. Yes. 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 At that point, I wanted her to win. You know what I mean? I'm like, just these, I'm done with <laughs> yeah, these fools. Start early. Yeah, or, or like she and J.K. Early Simmons could special. they could mate like J.K. and, the, and they could create like a new hybrid and like that could take over the world. I would I would watch that movie. Um, it's just a it's a hot mess. And, it's just too much stuff going on. It is, and you know what we can blame it all on. What the movie blames it all on: global warming. Global oh. warming. Was- reason and but, i just yeah. i just threw my i threw my pad and pen down and just like gad and like i just i walked away and then i came back i was like are you serious it's well, the melting that's ice our moral, caps yeah yeah the moral of our story oh my god it was i just we gotta well, make I it almost, timely we gotta make it timely i almost would have rather if they like came from the the core of the earth or something and just cut the whole alien plot i thought that's where they were going actually is they were just oh, yeah, some just like prehistoric creature yeah, man. Say that that's what um, killed the dinosaurs. Something cool like that. Yeah. You know? And then they go and went, went away when their food supply was gone. And, you know, the, the mammals hid. But, you know, it was uh, they 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 wore the worlds. They ripped off uh, Cruz's War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. This was a big Tom Cruise ripoff. It yeah. really was like yeah. they, they were taken from a lot of Tom Cruise's uh, sci fi of year. Is there much more that we need to say about the Tomorrow War? I I hope not. I don't think so. My notes were no. I took I took a lot of notes. Um, I'm yeah. going to read you my notes just so you guys can laugh. <laughs> I said Tuna Santa is number one. <laughs> Needs scientists in future? Question mark. Twenty four hours? Question mark. Talky. They talk too much. Yeah. Paradox. Bad jump. I did kind of like the bad jump a little bit. Um, rescue mission, white spikes, helicopters, technology, lol, his dad, the thing, <laughs> climate change right there. Boom. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I just same. realized that they've got the, the time ships were both like giant rafts in the middle of the water. So it was literally a paradox. I hate that movie so much. Oh. I'm so angry at that movie. Oh, no. You know, the, the only thing that really was a good thing that I took from that movie was in the beginning, like when they jumped and they all like they were meeting everybody. There were these two characters. One was Robert and one was Nora. And Nora was um, the secretary from 24, from like the first couple of seasons. It was of Chloe. 24. Yes, that's right. It was yeah. Chloe. And, and they killed and, her so fast. Well, yeah. And I hated her then in 24. And <laughs> I was so happy. She was just like, I mean, she, she was just like, go, we got this. And I was just like, please just die horrible. And she did. And it was, <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. I was so happy because I was just like, you just need to 
how is this even, how are you still working? <laughs> you know yeah. what, though? Here's something positive about the film. The cruise industry still, you know, hung on. Yeah, they had ships over there. Well, well, they were using the ships for people to live on, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They kept some cruise ships around. Carnival, but, you know. But same design, same exact look. Same like, exact It design. is 30 years in the future, and the, the creatures have only come out within the past three years. So 27 years, we don't have more interesting or exciting boats. Yeah. Same boats. Same yeah. boats. But we can build yeah, huge walls in the middle of the ocean. But we got the yes. same freak carnival cruise lines still f- flying that flag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they the should F-35, just roll up in the Titanic. Like they were using the F-35s against these guys. And I'm like, those things are like 10 years old now. So they're flying 50-year-old designs in this war. Come it's, on. It's not. It's complete nonsense. With the it's amount nonsense. of money they spent on special effects, they could have – made some fancy aircraft or whatever. I guess they had to make the white spikes hard to beat. So we basically have not advanced at all. So they should have added the line that was like gun control. We stop, we stop making new guns or whatever. <laughs> and so they had to, they had to like bring back guns for us. Or something. <laughs> See, that would have been awesome. <laughs> if they had to come back and get our, uh, our 21st century, our early 21st century thuggery. You know, it, it put it to good use. And then, then we have to teach the people how to use it in the future because, you know, all they have is tasers or something. <laughs> the squad took our guns in 2022. So <laughs> that Joe Biden, you know, he really AOC. did. <laughs> AOC. Oh, Lord. Um, oh. All right. So that pretty much closes the book on the Tomorrow War. That closes the book on this podcast, this episode where we talked about two time travel flicks, one vastly superior and also 30 years in the past. So if we were uh, sucking people into the into now to fight, we would be pulling them from 1991. And, hey, we'd be grabbing Linda Hamilton or whatever. Who's going to be all crush? right? We'd be doing all right. Yeah. If we would be doing bring her right. back. Yeah. Yep. So- I'd like to rate these films. I'd like to give a rating. Can we okay. do that? Yes, please. Let's rate them. Okay. Thinking of just, you know, believability, right? Action sequences, like all the things we were talking about on a scale. Okay. You need a scale. You so need a scale. for this one, I'm going to just name it. I think out of like naked Arnie's, we'll give it like how many naked Arnie's okay. is, do these movies get? So what is the highest number of naked Arnie's? Five? I'm going to say I'm going to say five. So ten Arnie cheeks, five naked Arnie's. <laughs> ten very firm, firm, supple, Arnie supple cheeks. Yes, very yes. <laughs> okay, um, so what is your um, naked Arnie rating for the Tomorrow War? Let's start with that one. Okay. Out of five. I mean, out of five, I mean, I, I would. I'm giving it a one. One and naked I feel Arnie. I like I'm being generous, giving it a one naked Arnie. Because I, there was not any part of that movie that I ever want to see again. Ever. Really. I, I mean, I would, if I had to watch it again, I would just very begrudgingly <sighs> sit down and Deep do it. Deep sigh. But, yes. Yes. <laughs> 
Travis. You look like Pratt after finding out he didn't have, get the Oh, job. you'd kick, kick over a garbage can and you have a, a yeah. clipboard of random stuff, which, again, what was on that clipboard that he had? He, had, he needed it on that phone call. Yeah. His so, resume? Well, Doesn't he know where he works? One naked Arnie. And I'll, the I'll even allow right that the teacher, like the, the, the teacher middle school bod well, is 99% of that naked Arnie. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna give. I'm. I'm gonna be a little more generous and give it to naked armies. Um, okay. Still a failure. For the right? most part, it was a hot mess. But uh, Volcano Kid, um, Strahovski's performance, and um, you know J.K. Simmons, you know, pushed it. Uh, gave gave it to two. All right. I'm gonna kind of fall Fair between. I'm, I'm coming in between you guys. Uh, I'm going to give it one and a half, three cheeks, um, one and a half naked Arnie's. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, Travis, about some of the positive aspects, but uh, you're completely wrong. <laughs> it, it was it was borderline. It, it's 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 not that it was entertaining because it wasn't, it, yeah. but it it held my attention. So that's why I'm going to give it the extra half and I paused it when I went to the bathroom so that that earned the half otherwise <laughs> it would have been one. So there that's fine. So we have a one, a one and a half and a two, not high marks by any stretch. No. Uh, and then how about, let's go back to the classic Terminator two dong judgment day with the great Brad Fidel soundtrack. That all the time. That'll be two. So good. Stan Winston doing the great effects with the uh, with where they're ashen and they're getting blown away at the at the um, the playground. Oh, yeah. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Joanna. So so for me, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four and a half, maybe four point seven five naked Arnie's. Here's why. Here's why. I love that movie. It is fun. It's entertaining. It's super fun. It actually has like enough character development that it's not just an action movie. You know, it brings it brings some 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 solid character development along with it. Um, I think the only thing that I would I mean, Naked Arnie and Naked Robert Patrick. I just just because a few of the effects still just don't quite hold up is the only little notch that I think. I would take off of it, but it is just a cheesy, awesome, fun, like fun filled ride that I would go on again and again and again. Fair enough. Travis, what you bring into the table? Um, skin all 10 cheeks. Bold. <laughs> yeah. Bold choice. Yeah. There's uh, I am not holding back on this one. This is, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. And, uh, this reminded me why. I love that movie from soup to nuts. And I don't understand that, that, that saying, but from soup to nuts, I love that movie. All right. Um, I'm going to come in at, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to do four and a half. Um, it, it, it's, it's great. It holds up. I just give it a little bit of knock for some of the dialogue. Um, but it's, it's, it could have been made four days ago. It, it, it looks that good. And there's not that many, I mean, you know, there's definitely a little bit of, you know, 
uh, attrition with those effects, those computer graphic effects. Really, none of the practical stuff looks bad. All that stuff looks mm-hmm. awesome. There is one shot of Arnie. Um, it's Arnie's stuntman on the bike, but you can tell it's not Arnie. Um, but like, you know, who cares? Uh, four and a half strong, strong, strong. So what is that? Nine cheeks? Yeah, yeah that's nine, nine cheeks. Eight and a yeah. half cheeks. Nine cheeks? Wait, four and a half? No, that's, and that's half. nine cheeks. It's four and a yeah. half times two. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's it's terrific. It's a real winner, and um, it's it's one that people are going to be watching for another thirty years because it's that good. Yep. And everyone's going to forget the other one. Seriously, like yep. in a week, no one's going to remember that movie came out. Sure. No, I hope so. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope I've um, forgotten. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to forget already. Um, well, I, I hope everybody enjoyed uh, listening on our first journey, our first foray into this new material, this new podcast, The Genexus of Nerd. Uh, we hope to continue doing this and maybe have guests on. We have a broad network of people inside of the Nexus of Nerd, the regular Nexus of Nerd. Not all of them are Gen X, but we're not going to hold that against them. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll have some additional input and uh, kind of broaden the spectrum a little bit. That'd be great. Yeah, and I'm going to go and time travel back and make myself, warn myself never to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Take care. See you later.